0: Hello, and welcome to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media we love and loathe from a queer perspective. I'm Hamish, Piranha Plant, Maine, Steel.
1: Natch. And I'm Jade, they who lurks beneath, desperately searching for caffeine. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, wow. thank you. And the day may have passed, but we're creepy, kooky, and altogether spooky- All year round here at Box Not Included HQ. So here is our delayed Halloween special. Yeah,
0: last year we did um, a loosely themed Trick or Treat episode, which I think is one of my favourite ones we ever did. Mm -hmm. Um, We wanted to recreate it, but unfortunately we can't be in the same room. Um, But here we go. We're going to attempt round two of our... uh, Basically, essentially, question answer session. The the Trick or Treat theme is incredibly... um, (laughs) tacked on
1: (laughs) yeah i mean last time it was also mostly an excuse to eat candy yes this is true i don't have candy today i do have a highly sugary beverage so
0: um if anyone is a uh, poltercast listener i have most of the sweets we reviewed we reviewed poundland um Halloween Ooh. candy, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that I have almost all of it left kind of tells you how, what we thought of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yep, there's, there's, um, a, there's a tellingness to that.
0: But I'm going to try and avoid this being a full ASMR candy eating uh, podcast, mm-hmm. but first let's catch up and geek out. Let's do um, that thing we do. So I, I'm going to just start because it's both of our main reason why we didn't record an episode last weekend. Yeah, um, We had the rather ambitious idea of recording an episode in the evenings after Comic-Con.
1: This was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> the waking up at seven and not getting back till nine, mm. if that, uh, nah. kind of schedule is not conducive to then having a, any kind of brain function in the evenings.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, Hamish came up with the best analogy I've heard yet for being a, a convention, which is it's like being on a plane. For three mm. days. Yeah, you can get up and move around a little bit more. But a lot of the time you're in very limited amounts of space and s- lots of background noise and usually strange smells from somewhere. And it's yes. just a lot to process. Like, uh, yeah, we we, we, we we reached too far. We were too bold.
0: It's a lot to process without you think, without, like, it's easy to think that you're not processing anything because you are just if you're tabling you are just kind of sat mm. um waiting for a lot of it but as you say there's just constant like mm. light and noise noise and air circulation and At, it's just kind of and, it is pretty tiring
1: social expectations and like um neither of us are particularly typical in the neurosense so it's <laughs> like yeah it's 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 a lot um and we're sorry but uh Comic-Con, while tiring, was a, a super... I I think it's one of the most funs I've had uh MCM in a while. Mm. So, I don't know. I mean, I always enjoy uh, tabling with Hamish. Yeah, it, it's fun. I like chatting to people as they come by. I like being a shameless shill because it's much easier <laughs> for me to go, have you seen my friend's books? Look, they're amazing. Have you considered <laughs> buying them all? whereas Hamish is much nicer about it It's <laughs> just like yeah here's my thing and I'm just there like buy it it's great
0: yeah I I think you saw that I'm, I'm so awkward when it comes to sort of talking to anyone about my stuff people can be like stood at the table reading through a book asking me like oh what's it about and I'm like um you know have you seen other people's tables it's mm. not as good as that stuff but <laughs> um I just don't really know what to say, but I did have a really, really fun time. I enjoyed everyone that came to the table. A Mm. few Box Not Included listeners came as well. I'm sorry Um, I was
1: not at the table any time that Box Not Included people came by. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: Well, you went off and did lots of fun stuff.
1: Well, by lots of fun stuff, I sat in the main stage for four hours so I could see the Critical Role panel on the Saturday. (laughs) I saw a couple of fun things beforehand. There was a good panel about slaughterhouse rules, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was that was the highlight of the stuff before Critical Role. But I got to speak to a lot of Critters, which is great. Uh, there was a really good vibe of that particular community there. Um, I don't know if any Boxer Included fans are particularly part of the Critter community, but let me tell you, the jar of many things, as it was dubbed for the weekend, was a really good starting point mm. for uh, meeting people, because I went, free candy for Critter cosplayers! and.
0: Well, you... You tabled at mine last October.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: And uh you did a bit of low key Critter cosplay and we saw a few. I don't I don't listen or watch it, so um I've just kind of I associate certain things. I recognise certain T shirts, I recognise I definitely recognise like autumnal leave capes mm-hmm. is my kind of general I look for that. Um but honestly, like last October, over the weekend we saw Three or four, and it was always really exciting, and we were like, Oh wow. And you you know, it was like meeting uh like a real niche fandom kind mm. of friend. Yeah. Um whereas almost minute by minute mm-hmm. <laughs> we were seeing huge groups of critical role cosplayers walk past our aisle, which mm. means I would have mean way more in the rest of it. Um and it's mm. kinda it is really actually cool, even though I'm not in the fandom to see something kind of come from nothing and like mm. it's not this huge big franchise, it's not you know, it hasn't got Disney money behind or anything Yeah Um, and I get a real sense of like the community being so much a part of mm it as a brand yeah if you can call it that
1: yeah and just like to all the critters that don't didn't know me before who like came and spoke to both of us and who bought things at the table and had lovely conversations with us i know i picked up a few new followers on twitter um as a result and that was wonderful and getting to see the critical role cast uh there was found that i couldn't afford to get autographs or photo sessions but it was very cool i had friends that did and it was just a a lovely vibe but also it felt better organized in a lot of ways than previous mcm's have like the change in ownership i can't speak to the side of things as a vendor but for the attendees and like the way it was organized with stewards i can't thank the organizers enough because it felt very organized and calm as much as a, Mm. a, a gathering of that many people can be
0: Yeah, um, I know a few uh, vendors who've begrudged some of the changes. uh, Tables do keep increasing in price. Mm -hmm. Um, On the setup day, uh, there's always a kind of middle ground. Like some things seem so well organized and some things no one knows what's going on at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the actual days, I... uh, Every single well, I like the last few Comic Cons I keep saying, Oh, this will be my last one for a while, it's so tiring. Um and then sort of the week after, I'm like, actually that was really fun, I'll do it again. I am taking a little break off because I haven't got anything new. Um I'm, Dead Endia 2 is not coming out till sort of November next year. Um so I am gonna take a little time off, but I'm I'm excited for when I come back. Mm. Um, to see how it's changed. And uh, even as a vendor, um, I did get to you man the table for a bit and I got to um, have a explore. Uh, I think on the first or second day, I was I was saying very proud of myself, like, you know what? I've actually have a lot of resistance. I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. I've gone to the Godzilla table and I felt like, yeah, I don't need anything. It's all good. And then on the Sunday when very you sort easy. of like count. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the Sunday when you count the money you've made and you uh, are feeling pretty good about yourself and you're also exhausted and basically jet lagged mm-hmm. uh, and you have a little explore because things are sort of not as busy and you... Maybe see a kind of King Ghidorahs toy that you hadn't noticed before. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly its price tag doesn't seem as high as it did yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I had a good time yeah, I, as a fan.
1: I can't judge. I made puppy eyes until Hamish and our friend Lizzie bought me a Piplup. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my squishy headed son. <laughs>
0: um, something else at Comic-Con, which I think leads on to our next topic. hmm um, they had a little Doctor Who section, and we did see quite a few Thirteenth Doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, uh, I think it was actually a Forbidden Planet like stall. All right. But everything was Doctor Who themed, and they had the new Tardis. Um, and as if you listen to this podcast, we we've we're proper Doctor Who fans. You know, we've mm-hmm. um, talked about every series that's aired um, since we've done the podcast. Yeah, um, but. You can sort of notice a a sort of a love for the franchise coming back.
1: Yeah, the the number of people I've seen tweeting about it, it's just like, oh, I've got back into it. Oh, uh, this is the time my leaping back on point. Oh, I feel like I'm in love with the series for the first time in a long time. It, mm. It's really good to hear and to so,
0: see. So four episodes have aired. What have you watched?
1: Uh, all but Arachnids in the UK.
0: Okay.
1: That's what I was doing this morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how do you feel?
1: I love the TARDIS team and the Doctor. I'm really invested in this group of individuals. I like their dynamics with each other. I was a bit, mm, about Graham at first, but he's uh, really grown on me. I was, mm. I was surprised. I don't think we've had a companion like Ryan really before. Yes which is really super awesome. I like the way that Thirteen is sort of still settling into herself, but also is both so the Doctor and also her own Doctor, and I always love seeing that. And Yaz is this really interesting person who I really like and I'm looking forward to spending more time getting to know I know there's some choice interaction between her and the doctor who in interacted in the UK because the <laughs> shipping community is there just like Hey-o. and I'm like I see you guys let me catch up I'll be right there because I'm <laughs> always here for that and it feels like I don't know about some of the writing feels a little bit I know there's something I've seen you say about the villains so far And and I really enjoyed the ghost monument, I have to Mm. say, uh, because there wasn't really a villain per se. I really enjoyed the two sort of guest stars who are traveling with them. And there was just getting to see that. I really liked, I forget the lady's name. But uh, just also the fact, the casual mention uh, that she'd lost her wife. And I was just there just like, I mean, I've gone, well, that there, that right there, that looks like a butch lesbian and I am here for (laughs) it. And it's just like these tiny little moments of, so often with characters that we know for one episode, they can feel thin on the ground or just there for a purpose. Whereas Mm. these two characters felt very... I don't know, they felt very realised that we were just seeing a small part of their lives. And I really like the idea of an intergalactic version of The Amazing Race, quite (laughs) frankly.
0: Yeah, I I like that episode because it did feel properly like the Doctor was just dropping in on Mm. something happening in space that happened to uh, involve her. Um, And I
1: really like the new TARDIS. Like, I love the slight colour change to the outside. I'm like... I need to get me that hair dye I get that on <laughs> my head, because that is a very jade colour right there.
0: I love the new title sequence as well. It's gorgeous. Um, it's actually by um I can't remember his actual name, but his like uh his name on YouTube and stuff is John Smith. Mm. And he's most famous for making not in a tricky way, but he make he makes like fake trailers for mm. he made like a, a fake um uh like, Sherlock meeting Doctor Trailer. He's just very using good. Sort of, He's yeah. very good. He's done, like, a little bit of CGI before um, for the show, but this was... He got to properly take control of the title sequence, and uh, he just... it It's so... It's so how I feel about Doctor Who, that kind of level of spookiness, but mm. kind of drawing you in. Mm, um, it's beautiful. That's, like, all the positives, but I do... I, I'm... I think this series is going for, like, the Doctor solves problems rather than stops invasions and stuff. Mm. Um, And I think that's cool, and I really do like that. But because it's a new Doctor, and I think because of the pressure of the first female Doctor, I feel a little bit like I'm still waiting on her having big, huge hero moments. Yeah. Um,
1: It feels quieter. Yeah. Smaller.
0: uh, no spoilers for the episode you haven't seen but i don't mind being spoiled it still feels like in a lot of the finales um a lot of the sort of the final acts mm. she sort of just like watches things happen and that's kind of cool but like and, and in the rosa parks episode it was absolutely 100% the correct choice yes but i think just in these four episodes she's not being sort of the the reason Problems have been solved. Yeah. And like, I, don't, I can't tell right now if it's a writing choice or if it's, if they've just forgotten to do that.
1: <laughs> I mean, we are only four episodes in. Mm. Like, is what, 12 episodes going to be this season? That That's, uh, usu- that's yeah. usually how it goes. And there's, there's time for that. And I appreciate that the writing staff this season are making choices
0: and
1: mm. i don't know there was some quibbles about the rose uh i think it, uh, the rosa parks episode and i i believe it's the episode today is the one that's taking place uh in india i believe that's this week's episode
0: i don't think it is oh i know there's, there's one coming I've, up isn't there yeah yeah but yeah
1: but i'm personally really enjoying the daily mirror and stuff getting like oh it's so preachy oh are they going to tell us about it i was like yes white people are awful can we carry on we yeah
0: yeah i mean the the um rosa parks episode
1: Mm.
0: i would i would have always said never do that yeah before Uh, i was really scared about it going Mm. in um and i've seen some I've seen some legitimate criticism, just it does kind of conform a little to the, um, the sort of storybook version yes. of, of the events. Yes. Um, but it also leaves things vague enough, like in terms of celebrity historicals, I think this is the first time where the, the celebrity in question doesn't really ever find out about the existence of mm. anything out of the ordinary. And we only see some snapshots of her life. Yeah. Um, I think the big, the big sort of thing is that her um, not moving on the bus was actually sort of like a planned uh, in real life. That it was, a, mm. it was a, a planned protest. Whereas, yeah, the um, the sort of story that this show kind of suggests to kids in America at all, we don't really learn about over here no. as much. Um, was that it was just kind of like a. A, a choice in the moment, but the the thing is, I I loved that episode because it did feel like they were uh, they were near her, but they weren't sort of part of her lives. And then there's still the room mm. in that story for you to think that that actually no, that it was a planned thing. Yeah, um,
1: and the 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 deliberate choice that I found really I saw some really interesting commentary on this. I think on Tumblr, it may have been Twitter, and I apologise that I can't credit the person who was discussing this. But saying that by having Graham and the Doctor in particular being there on that bus, like mm. the commentary on the complicitness of white people. Oh yeah, that was I love the fact that they were there. They had they had to be, and Graham's just like I don't want to be a part of this story because mm. as it is horrible to confront the racism that we as white people do. Hmm. And we want to go, I am not like those people. But at the end of the day, we are still part of that group, and we are accountable for the behaviour of the people in it.
0: Uh, yeah, I. Uh, that's another reason I'm just so impressed by Graham as a character, because mm. I never thought going into the Rosa Parks episode that he'd be the one that would sort of kind of be the heart of it. Mm. Um, because he is, you know, he was married to a woman who had Rosa Parks t-shirts, who talked about her a lot. He, He's the quintessential, oh, I'm white, but I'm not a racist kind of person. Yeah. And I imagine him being the person saying like, oh, if I was on that bus back then, I would have totally like mm. defended her and blah, blah, blah. And even in the situation when you have gone back in time and you are on that bus, your white, you know, mm. whiteness... Yeah, is still complicit. And even
1: the Doctor herself in that moment where she's just like, you need to move forward because otherwise they're going to move the sign back.
0: It's Mm. just
1: sort of like... So often we've seen the Doctor uh, be uh, oblivious to the society that they're in at any given time. Because they're the Doctor. That's what they do.
0: I listened to a Doctor Who podcast where they compared that episode to... Uh, the Shakespeare code when Martha says, am I going to be carted off as a slave? And the doctor says, just walk around like you own a place. That's what I do. And that's a flippant kind of
1: mm.
0: cutesy line to have in the moment. It kind of doesn't, it, it sort of shows a complete oblivious to the actual concerns of mm-hmm. the companion. They I think they did a slight better job of it with Bill, but still they've never tackled it in this way
1: and they did not shy away from it in this episode
0: no Before and I think it episode, shows I should say I think we um that's the thing we I think I was always worried about it because I didn't trust the writers but they they got Mallory Blackman who did a great job mm-hmm. and I kind of would love her to come back and write episodes where she doesn't have to write the racism episode that would be great <laughs> not, I like you know what I mean
1: her, her way she voices the characters was really fab I appreciate that Chris Chibnall also has a writing credit on the episode, but
0: yeah. Mm. And I think that's the thing. I am happy for the show to tackle things if they get the right writer. Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, And one thing I will say is just like, I know I had a concern going in of the whole, oh, well, it's not like that here, Uh, Mm. which so often you hear people say, oh, racism isn't like that in the UK. just like, "Mm, nah, just because certain things weren't like they were in the States. It's very easy, I think, for the, as British people to pat ourselves on the back. And go well, we weren't that bad. It's just like, nah, we got all our own fucking bullshit baggage that is deeply unpleasant. And to have Yaz and Ryan having that conversation, frankly, mm. about what it's like being a black man, a black man in the UK, and a, a south, a woman of South Asian descent, living in the a Muslim woman specifically. Just mm. like they made that choice, and I'm glad that they did. Yes, there was still a touch of it with the conversation with the other bus drivers, oh, yeah, no, we don't do that, but mm. also, I feel that says a little bit also true, but also that again, I think that speaks to what you were just saying about Brian as a person, not Brian Graham as a person
0: <laughs> yeah i i um I think that's true, and I think that was a good conversation to have, and one you'd never, I'd never seen in doctor Who before, yeah, um. This is why it was also like, it's... oh please! Well, no, it's just like there wasn't a a character who was the actual, actually secretly good white person. Mm. Like it was kind of the scariest episode they've ever done in some ways. Like because it it was almost like an episode in which like a body snatcher's episode or something where you can't mm. trust anybody. There was just this constant sense of dread, and yeah, it was very well done and very palpable. And mm. I think choices like that have a reason you can tell it was written by someone who yeah, has experiences. Mm. Yeah.
1: But uh, we could like go on talking about Doctor Who more <laughs> and more when I get caught up. I'm sure we'll come back to. But let's uh, move on. So let's talk about some spoopy content as it oh, is yes. Tis the season. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched any of it yet. I've seen the review trickle trickling. I've seen people's comments, the good, the bad downright fucking concerning but <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh the chilling adventures of sabrina yeah by which i mean uh, can you tell me about it <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I there's not I, I can talk about it without spoiling i think um it's uh i mean, i was really really looking forward to this um the trailers were amazing i love the idea uh riverdale continues to be um it's gone way past. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think it's one of my favorite shows now. Excellent. I used to just. Dis- I used to say guilty pleasure or it's trash or whatever. It just. It so knows what it is now. Mm. Um, I, I've. I season three has started and Cheryl has already walked into two scenes in slow motion with a pop song playing as she flicks her hair in a weird outfit that's weirdly inappropriate for the scene.
1: Excellent. Um.
0: Everything's ridiculous. And I was really down for Sabrina. um, And I still am really enjoying it. Um, Standout to me is Lucy Davis as Aunt Hilda, who I'm enjoying her renaissance so much. She was my favourite thing in Wonder Woman. Um, She's just hilarious and has great comic timing. Uh, Miranda Otto also as Aunt Zelda is... um, Their relationship is, like, surprisingly... Antagonistic and spiky, and mm-hmm. the uh, it, it's it's fun to watch. And obviously, my queen Michelle Gomez um, <laughs> makes great choices. I can't quite work out what accent she's doing, but that's kind of the same for everything I've seen her in. Ah. Um, but it's, I was actually watching in an, in the last episode. I won't say they do a kind of um, Morticia like lighting thing with her but mm. almost every scene she's in she's angling in a way that you only see like one side of her face
1: epic I approve. um
0: even in scene, there's like one scene where she's talking at someone essentially like peep show style like mm. you are viewing them and she's still just like angled so that you only <laughs> see one eye <laughs> for no reason Perfect. Um, she's great um
1: one thing i heard that delighted me and Slight spoiler for Riverdale is that Salem is like a shape-shifted goblin or something like that, and that made me super. Rather than him being a wizard trapped as a cat as a punishment, apparently as a mm. goblin.
0: Yeah, um, that's not. Yeah, that's not much of a spoiler. They introduced the idea that familiars are goblins that have been shape-shifted into an animal. Okay. Um, Hilda's uh, familiar is a bunch of tarantulas. <laughs>
1: Not a singular, she's, a bunch, a collection yeah,
0: of. Yeah, she's like, she's really like cutesy and bubbly, and she's like, "Oh, you can borrow my spiders if you like." Um, <laughs> it's it's so lovely, which I think means that the elements that are questionable stand out a lot more.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the thing is, the reason I'm letting, I'm not letting it pass at all. Mm. But I love Riverdale. And so I feel like it did some things in its first season I can't imagine it doing now. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking mostly about the whole Archie-Miss Grundy storyline. Yeah. Feels such a weird distant memory, I can't believe. Basically, I think there's just some elements in this first series that are trying so hard to prove its edginess. Yeah. That are really counter to, um, like... As part of the storyline, Sabrina does start like a women's protection group in the school. Mm. And like, it kind of wants to have its like feminist cake and also Yeah. not. Um, it reminds me a bit of Glee when it it would have this message of like progressiveness and family and yet all the humour would be like cutting remarks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two elements that I've heard people talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard them talked about before I got to the scenes. So I'd built them up to be, uh, I'm not saying worse, but I felt the context made them. (laughs) Well, I guess, I guess I damn saying that I thought they would be worse than they were. Um, there is a moment of like (sighs) sort of revenge prank, which leans on, um, I guess oh, the f- men's fear of being thought of as gay.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I've seen a lot of people say like they pull a homophobic stunt on people, but basically they, they magically punish some homophobes who are uh, aggressively attacking a, a kind of um, gender non-conforming student hmm. by sort of blackmailing them into a, re- into threatening to reveal that they're gay kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I I a lot of people who um, a lot of people told me it was really really homophobic and I guess I'm just like a bit dead to that oh. idea being used in teen movies that I didn't really notice it. Right. Like, I don't think it necessarily suggested that Sabrina is a homophobe. It was these men are terrified of gays so let's it you know it's it's the same as like when people do those like share this image of trump and drag makeup like i think it's stupid and i hate it but it also kind of feels like the kind of thing a teenage girl would do to punish someone yeah i don't know um and then there is another thing I've got to... I've, I'm actually only um, a few episodes in. Yeah. Um, but I think these two th- things, there is another like, punishment which I think is a bit more extreme and a, and shows of genuine like, uh... just ignorance on the part of the writers. Like, I can't see how anyone would have thought this would have come across well. hmm Um but I can't really say what happens without saying a spoiler.
1: No, I think we should address it. So this is a spoiler for... Uh, Sabrina. Yeah, because I think I know the thing you're about to talk about. So, uh,
0: Sabrina gets her own back on a mean girl who has been torturing her for several days uh, by taking her to a tree in which witches were lynched. And, like, magically making her lynched. And the mean girl in question is black, and Sabrina is white. Um, I will say, going in... I heard about this story... I heard about this scene, Mm. and I thought this was, like, the conclusion of their storyline, and Sabrina was literally killing her. That's not the case. I think if that were the case, I would be... I would absolutely not understand how they could possibly think that was okay i'm wondering if this is more a case of this was written before characters were cast and not really thought about i'm not giving them the benefit out i'm saying like why i could possibly think this could have happened Mm -hmm. um the imagery of witches being hanged is like quite prevalent in it it's it's very clear where the show is it's it's i think that's the thing like it's coming from, like, a feminist angle. Before this happens, Sabrina says, like, witches used to be persecuted, and you're persecuting me, you're no better than them, mm. blah, 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 blah. But then you, it it kind of doesn't matter, because you see the image of, like, Sabrina's, like, sassy, hooray for her moment is her lynching a black woman. <laughs> it's
1: not. Very... That's bad. That's yeah. bad.
0: It doesn't particularly, <sighs> it, it, it's very strange. There I can't is... really, mm. yeah.
1: I saw a couple of people have been discussing this. Again, uh, there's some really good stuff being written out there by uh, black women and women of colour talking about this. Um, the marginalisation and the downplaying of black witches, particularly in um, in media, when there is the a, a rich tradition of it, and a history of it. Like, even if you go as far back as the Salem witch trials and things like that, there was a, a black woman there who was part of it. Uh, Tituba, I believe. I can't pronounce it. I'm I'm the worst. But, <laughs> like, American Horror Story, Coven did this as well. Like, the, yeah. the the notion of the angry black woman and the scary black woman in opposition to the white girl who is our figure of goodness is troublingly prevalent and continues to be so and to have that kind of imagery even if yes it is actually historically accurate the witches were hung not bad at the stake i'm not going to give them points for historical accuracy however because <laughs> just like you can't be so aware of the history of something and then make that choice
0: yeah and the i mean throughout which media does um dance on a weird line between uh essentially making fun of the murder of women Mm. and like it's always a conflict you have when you want to tell stories like this like are witches real in this world what and then like how does that relate to actual wiccan belief and things like that Mm -hmm. um but i it's also the case that this and she does a really good job she's a really cool character the character's called prudence Mm. she's putting on a good performance but her, a, a lot of her stuff is about her calling Sabrina a half breed for being half human, mm. and like you make the choice, you make that choice. Yeah, you have you have the white girl punishing the racist black woman by hanging her. <laughs> um,
1: bad, bad. It's bad. It's
0: bad. I mean, yeah, it's enough for I totally see some people to tune off um i think i just like i really do want to like the show but some other weird things like the whole show is filmed in like this really weird way that everything's blurry all the time
1: Mm.
0: um and there's just like all these little elements from like i it wasn't it's not the show i hoped it would be yeah um i'm willing to i'm willing to see what it becomes yeah but I, I acknowledge that that's my privilege to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Riverdale is batshit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm only one episode in and I don't know where this is going, but it's clearly trying to um, thin the line between the world of Riverdale and Sabrina by like... Oh dear. I remember describing series one as it's a show about a werewolf, but they cut all the werewolf scenes out at the last minute because mm. it just has this tone that something supernatural's going yeah, on.
1: Riverdale wants to be Twin Peaks, is
0: yes. Uh, and season three is continuing to lean very heavily into that, and <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. Uh,
1: from a, a show that wants to kind of be supernatural without being supernatural, <laughs> um, to a show that fully embraces what it's about. Uh, I yesterday I mainlined season two of Castlevania. Nice. I have never played the games, so I can't speak to anything like that. But I really enjoyed this, what is it, 12 episodes of this show. Each episode 22 minutes long, give or take. There mm. is awful pacing issues, but I am really fucking invested in these characters. It's so over the top and gory and funny in places, and I spend most of the time going card, Trevor and Cypher just need to be a thing. Can they be a thing? Can they be a thing, please? And, like, Carmilla turned up in season two, voiced by Jamie Murray. And hmm. it's just there talking about how men are useless. And I'm there just like, come on, Castlevania cartoon. Give me, make her a lesbian. We all know. We all know. But, um... Yeah, the, the voice performances continue to be amazing in season two. Uh, you have Richard Armitage as Trevor Belmont, James Callis as Alucard, Graham McTavish as Dracula. Peter Stormar shows up as this Viking vampire called Godbrand, who's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and people just like, if he, it's just like, you aren't interested in something unless you can fuck it, eat it, or make it into a boat. It's just like, I'm a Viking, <laughs> we make boats. And it's just like, okay.
0: Castlevania is in a weird place at the moment because it's got a critically acclaimed uh, TV series, Um, uh, Simon Belmont, a character called Richter, Hmm. Alucard appears and Dracula appears in the new Smash Brothers game. Oh, right. Uh, and it goes really all out with like the a Castlevania level and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's like no new game, and the the company behind them has seemingly no interest in the franchise. It's just like everyone else telling them how great it is. Yeah. Um so but- I watched the first episode when it came out, and I haven't this is not a criticism of the show. I just tend to do that. I watch the first episode and then get yeah. distracted.
1: It's very silly in places and mm very gory and it loves horror and it's very atmospheric and yeah especially if you mainline it the pacing issues kind of they're there but you kind of just stop noticing them when you watch it in a two-hour chunk it just feels like yeah. an oddly balanced movie but i i really enjoyed it I'm, uh, season three has been uh announced and I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I like watching stupid over-the-top battles with somebody using a whip and somebody <laughs> using a long sword that can float and also turn into a wolf and throw a sword while a wolf. And there's some really creative uses of magic in there. And I'm just there, just like this is like the best dnd game ever. I'm here for this.
0: The uh the French I've only played a bit of the franchise. Um Something I like in Smash Brothers is that they have two playable Castlevania characters and they represent early Castlevania in which everything was very He-Man and muscle and Mm -hmm. like very much that and they have new Castlevania which is pretty anime boys who like Mm
1: -hmm. float like
0: float and will like cry with some rose petals going past Mm -hmm. um and I like that it can be both things.
1: <laughs> I, I really appreciated that season two of Castlevania had them addressing the name Alucard because we, Tom and I were talking before, <laughs> just like it's Dracula backwards. That's so dumb. But in the show, they're just like they called me that because I am like the ne- the opposition to the opposite. I was just like, oh okay, that feels less dumb. Also, but Alucard also is quite a good sounding name, but also That's it's still thing. Dracula backwards. <laughs>
0: It's a it's a it's a really good it's a really good thing that it actually sounds great backwards and his name it isn't just like la blip, nip, nip. yeah <laughs> but uh,
1: yeah and Alucard is super pretty <laughs> don't get it me make, wrong he's pretty
0: it makes more sense than uh, <laughs> I am Lord Voldemort being an anagram <laughs> yeah of... <laughs> it really does it really does uh, uh, yeah but... I want to watch that Netflix is actually um, putting a lot of money into mm. making a proper dedicated animation studio yeah. Um, no, the, anim- which I'm the
1: animation is gorgeous, and I say that. I say that as a lay- as a very much a layman, but I watch the creative use of camera work and things like that within the show. And I say camera work, knowing that it's animated, and I appreciating. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a cap, which is like, look at this one fucking frame. Look how amazing it is. That's on screen for a twelfth of a second or whatever it is, and it's just like.
0: It's I- made by Frederator, who gave me my first animation job. Yay. so awesome. i'm i'm invested in it doing well
1: oh cool uh i quickly want to say that i played my first attempt at call of uh, cthulhu the other day ah yes um we really only kind of got into the proper haunted house horror stuff until in the last sort of 20 minutes so we're going to be going back to finish the story it was fun as a new system to get used to it's uh, it's a lot. You literally just a rolling percentile dice for the most part, mm. trying to get below a stat. And I always like new systems, are interesting. But everyone's characters are super fun. And now two of us are trapped inside the haunted house. Everyone else is outside, and there's like doors slamming around us, and like footsteps upstairs and footsteps running <laughs> below to the basement where we know for a fact the former owner of the house was buried. And it's just like. <laughs> This is great. Everything is fine. Everything is fine, but it's yeah, genuinely very atmospheric, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm looking forward to finishing that story. So,
0: it was one of, I think it was the first game I ever played with Mel, and um, we played it with a friend who I've not actually seen since. Who uh, we played by candlelight, and there was always creepy music, and genuinely, I was very unnerved walking home at Mm. night after playing it
1: yeah it's something i would like i wish i wasn't almost playing it on a stream because obviously everyone has to have a certain amount of light so you can mm-hmm. see and the cameras will pick us up but uh yeah it was it was really good fun i'm looking forward to finishing it um but we should have a quick tea break and then get to these amazing questions that we've been asked because we've been talking quite a long time already <laughs> Yeah, we're so good at this It's the middle the section, middle of, the section
0: show. of the show. Hell um, yes. I tried to harmonise with you then and it didn't really work. It's fine. Uh, we tried. Thank you <laughs> thank you for listening and also just a big thank you. I wanted to say while looking through the questions um, I do always check the uh, box are included at gmail.com um, but the, typically what we get there are lengthy emails about the show and how much it means to you and Um, There's quite a few and they're so lovely and I haven't replied to them because I just don't know what to say and I always want to bring them up in the podcast but I don't know exactly how to Um, but
1: We'll do an appreciation episode once I've also read them all.
0: Well also I think it it reminds me we we did have people come to our table and say how much it meant to them we had someone say that it helped them come out to their family and Mm. it just it does mean a huge amount and I think Uh, we do put a certain amount of effort into this podcast but um it i don't know i it it just it moved me a lot and i don't know if we recognize it enough sometimes um we love
1: we love and appreciate you guys who join us thank you
0: um we also feel i feel we should mention our sponsors Yeah,
1: let's talk about our sponsors
0: as ever, Beastly Beverages is fandom and fa- fantasy luxury hand-blended loose-leaf tea and tea-related geeky paraphernalia.
1: The business is queer-owned. <laughs> all ingredients are organic <laughs> and fairly traded, and almost all the products are suitable for vegans. You can check them out at BeastlyBeverages.com. They've also got a Patreon, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. And we have a sponsor code for you.
0: Yes, the sponsor code is problematic. Uh, all one we always say all one word
1: it's a how it's a holdover from the old code
0: it is a word problematic but no all lowercase and you get 10% off your order bc beverages ships worldwide and uh, almost all of its products are suitable for vegans Mm -hmm. we've Mm -hmm. already said that we did but it's fine but vegans internationally as well yeah
1: (laughs) yeah um if you watch the most recent episode of credit roll you may have noticed a print on the side of sam's uh, giant flask that you can get at beastly beverages as well
0: yes they do do prints uh, all kinds of things and if merch is more your jam there is also a spin-off business of <gasps> beastly boutique beastly boutique sells handcrafted jewelry gifts and stationery um all in a kind of dark kawaii vibe mm-hmm. um, you can get them at ticktail.com forward slash the beastly boutique
1: and we also want to give a shout out to twin podcasts. They're kind of twins. They're by the same creators. Dungeons and Queers and all trans, all queer, actual play, d fifth edition podcast. Um, you can find it on iTunes and Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. These players are focused on diverse characterization, good representation, specifically uh, diverse genders, orientations, races and disabilities. It's deaf accessible with transcripts and you can hop on at any time. I believe they're on there second arc now but uh it's really easy to tell where arcs start and end you can just jump on if you love friends at the table the adventure zone all manner of actual podcasts, but you needed a bit queerer this is the podcast for you download it make sure you don't miss out on undead hordes high adventure and larry the cable god
0: um from the creators of dungeons and queers is also polyam radio Um, Polyam Radio is a show all about relationships, love and polyamory It's about queer love, that creepy yuppie kind of love that love that enriches our lives and makes us do stupid things It's about relationships that work and habits that don't and things we wish we didn't do to our or our partners did It's about queers and our experiences and analysing our mistakes and telling you how not to make them Um, It's available on iTunes and most other platforms If you want to give a taster we did a a polyamory episode uh, a while back Mm-hmm. And we had the host of that as a guest. Yep. Um, so check those podcasts out.
1: Okay. Drink up, Hamish. We got candy to get through. And by candy, I mean <laughs> delicious questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's trick-or-treat time here at Box Not Included. Let's see what our lovely people sent to us. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Facebook group. Thank you, Twitter. Much appreciated.
0: Yeah, these costs, uh, these uh, questions... Uh, a lot of them are about costumes and candy on the Halloween theme, and there's a little overlap between some of them, so let's just rapid-fire them and uh, try and create unique answers for all of them. Um, so... From Matthew on the Facebook group, do you celebrate American-style Halloween for fun? My costume tonight, Sexy Satan.
1: Excellent choice. Excellent choice. And I mean, very historically accurate if you'd look at any art from the Renaissance period, quite frankly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lucifer is hot.
0: No, everyone kept sculpting him too hot.
1: Yep. Just like, we need a less sexy version of Satan. <laughs> less sexy. Um... I do not celebrate American-style Halloween. I'll occasionally go to parties and things like that. Generally speaking, I get home too late from work to really interact with trick-or-treaters, and we do not get many of them in my neck of the woods.
0: So. No, I don't get much. Um, I typically do go to a Halloween party, but almost every year, Comic-Con is the weekend everyone's having them, so um, I don't go too much. I do... I have, like... As a kid, my mum went all out on Halloween Mm -hmm. and um, did all kinds of things. uh, And I used to love cutting, uh, carving pumpkins. And I kept saying all this stuff to Justin and he was like, no, don't bother, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I realised that Halloween is totally not a thing in Australia at all because it's Mm -hmm. the start of spring over there. Yeah, Um, that tracks. But I I do love it. I just don't necessarily
1: have the opportunity (laughs) to do much. Effort wise, yeah. Um, Rowan asked us, uh, what's the f- your favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn?
0: Um, the funniest one is the sheet ghost party.
1: Mm-hmm. That was definitely good. That was definitely good.
0: Um, I did a party where everyone had to be sheet ghosts, um, and until you see someone in a sheet ghost costume it doesn't sound great but
1: Let me it's tell just, <laughs> it's instantly
0: very very funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um that was actually probably uh, definitely up there as a favorite. I as I've not been to many Halloween parties so sad for me. But I just I just love getting dressed up. I really hmm. enjoyed doing my um my uh was it ethically challenged scientist. Oh yes, <laughs> that I've done before. Just because I like doing, look, I'm just living my best life. Okay, <laughs> so any any excuse to look like I'm making things that are an affront to both man and God is fun for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, from Twitter, I think their name is Sirius Bison Senior. That's um, an
1: excellent name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did either of you do themed costumes with your siblings growing up? One year, I wanted to go as Ash from pokemon so my mum made my younger brother a pikachu costume to go with it Hell that yeah. sounds adorable
1: doesn't it um my sister and i i don't think we've ever oh no i tell a lie um this wasn't growing up a few years ago though we did go to a halloween party and i was the joker and she was poison ivy oh that was fun no harley it was just a yeah, I'll find the picture around. I look genuinely horrifying because uh, the flash reflected the makeup super hard. Um, but that, that was, that's the only time my sister and I have done uh, themed costumes. And that was five years ago, six years ago.
0: I don't think I ever did. Um, we saw this really funny... I have three brothers at comic con we saw this cosplay which was from monster hunter where people had like that was so good these big long dragon necks on their heads um and there was two of them walking around and it made me suddenly want to do a king Ghidra cosplay with my brothers <laughs> and like one of us would have the wing on and blah blah, blah and walk around all gold mm-hmm. that could be fun but no um They're
1: still tired. I'll do the- could happen.
0: i'll do this Uh, From Carl Doonan on Twitter as well. Any good stories about a costume being unrecognised, misinterpreted? When I was four, I dressed as Aladdin for Halloween, but since it was raining, my mum made me wear my Barney the Dinosaur coat over it. People kept complimenting my Barney costume, and I would very angrily correct them.
1: (laughs) Mood. Um, I've never had that with a Halloween costume that I can recall. Um, I have had it with a cosplay. uh, When I did art from Monsters University... The fact that I had a set of purple headphones as part of my outfit. The number of people that assumed I was uh, Cecil Baldwin from Welcome to Night Vale was mm. quite staggering. It's just like, no, no, I, it's just, it's this. I wasn't uh... annoyed about it. It's just sort of like, <laughs> such was the pervade, um the strong association of purple with Welcome to Night Vale.
0: Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think I've dressed up enough to really count it. Um, cap and just apples uh says uh what was your favorite halloween costume ever that uh that you've seen
1: mm. man i always get impressed when i see people do good monster makeup mm. that always is a good way to make me go okay wow i know yeah. I, I see more cosplays than i do um halloween costumes just by virtue of the kind of person i am and the places i go i saw somebody go as a, a walking character sheet from DD at mcm
0: oh yeah which made me really that. happy Uh, i don't have any of the specifics but there's this um a thread on twitter of a variety of entries to a a subpar halloween competition in japan Ooh. And basically, you had to... Everyone had, like, little tags on saying, describing what their costume was. But they all had to be so specifically humdrum. So there was someone who was just in a uh, dressing gown with two, like, cans, and it was man locked out of his hotel room. (laughs) And there were ones which were just, like... Someone, um... (laughs) At the competition, they had to come up on stage, and one of them was just stood by the door to walk onto stage, and their costume was, like, door attendant, and they wouldn't move nice. from the door. Nice. Um, I like that. I think, I mean, I'm actually a bit of a believer that Halloween costumes should be spooky in some way. Yeah. But I do always enjoy a, like, very specific pun kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And two specific ones I've only seen pictures of online, but I maintain them amazing. I think it was a group of teenage boys who went around Mm. with a door and when they knocked on the door would open their door and give candy to the people. Like they were like a family (laughs) or old lady just like, oh, look at the lovely costume and gave candy out to the people they were (laughs) trick-or-treating to, which fantastic. And. Uh, One I remember seeing, which is I always like seeing people do creative things when they're pregnant or when they have babies available for cosplay purposes and costume purposes, because that's what babies are. They're props, right? that's that's how babies work um but one of my favorite ones is seeing somebody who had done their baby up like ripley and they were the power loader from the final scene in (laughs) aliens
0: that's really good. which
1: was just i remember seeing that and going that is the best i have never wanted a child but that that gave me pause (laughs) briefly
0: um mason asked if you were to trick or treat as any person from media who would you choose
1: do you take this as a real person from media
0: it's, a, it's an interestingly worded question, isn't it?
1: Yeah, as opposed to a character from media. Because if I was going to go for a person, I'd say maybe Brian Fuller, because he always <laughs> looks amazing, or, um... uh, or John Waters. Oh, wow.
0: That's a good choice.
1: Or Vincent Price, like somebody like that, somebody with a really... Cool aesthetic. Give me a chance to wear a smoking jacket and draw on a pencil mustache. That could be John Watts or Vincent Price, quite frankly.
0: <laughs> if we went as like Vincent Price and Peter Cushing to something. Oh, that would should, be really fun. We should
1: do that. We should definitely do that at some point.
0: Um Yeah, I've seen I've seen people cosplay people like Guillermo do Toro and Hei Miyazaki. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and they've been really cute. We yeah. did I we were talking about like real person cosplay and mm. if that Makes us uncomfortable, but I think you gotta do someone who they would find it fu- is recognisable. They would find it funny if you yes, saw it. Yes, yes, um, it's gotta be
1: a thing that you do out of love, or that a person would take as the things. Just like there'd be even if it's like a parody mic take, like it's something mm. done out of affection. I don't yeah. like like mean things and stuff like that. It's just like nah.
0: Jack asked ranking of different confectionery selections from trash to god tier to god uh, to, <laughs> to god tier trash
1: valid. I this is a hard question, like I because I'm trying to think desperately. Um, Bassett's are always good, Bassett's, but also Bassett's are the producer of Palmer Violets, so they kind of have everything covered within the spectrum of good to bad.
0: I mean, I Par- I, tr- I tried to have palmer Violets this time I always convince myself they're fine and they kind of are mm, but I think you get so yourself. many of them <sighs> you surprised me though because you love blackjacks.
1: I do love blackjacks. I do I,
0: I thought do. they were only in there as like a they're the trick
1: the booby price <laughs>
0: mm. I will say and this, I love so many things about America don't get me wrong but the worst candy I've ever had was I think Twizzlers mm-hmm um, I didn't know candy could taste like that.
1: <laughs> However, America also gave us the peanut butter cup. So, you know. Yes.
0: That, those are pretty good, too. I think if I was trick or treating, that would be like, we can go home now. We I will know, never be this.
1: Full size candy bars, Reese's pieces, or Reese's peanut butter cups. That's the good shit. I'm always a fan of Haribo. Oh, yes. Kids and grown ups love it, so. <laughs>
0: Um, Paul asked, your thoughts on
1: <laughs> what? Okay, what is the wank anthem?
0: Your thoughts on the wank anthem, please.
1: What is the wank anthem? I need to go to Car- this. Uh,
0: Carly Rae Jepsen's new song, Party for One.
1: Oh, I haven't listened to it yet. It's in my to watch. Uh,
0: in which she does say, um, making love to myself, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Bless you, Carly Rae.
0: I would say it's a middle tier... Kylie ray so it's Jepsen's song that's still a pretty great pop song <laughs> um i'm a bit i tend to be a bit more of an album listener i like to hear songs in their context mm-hmm. um kind of I, I i find myself often disappointed by the first single from one of my favorite artists and then when the album comes out i love it mm-hmm. um but yeah it's good I think it is just a wanking anthem.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, Paul, I'll listen to it and get back to you. Remind me on Twitter. <laughs>
0: uh, I'll just I'll just read these out. Kansas says, What's the spookiest thing that's happened to you? Saw, met, heard a ghost, got jump scared by a freaky Halloween costume, etc. Hamish, if you don't have anything, just ask your mum. <laughs> that is a reference to, I, I played my mum's ghost story on the podcast, mm. um, and she's seen two ghosts, and... Uh, one of them was one she saw when she was a kid and one of my scariest moments is it was just a story that she always told um, my family and I just it kind of haunted my childhood <laughs> mm-hmm. um, her and herma, my grandmother were driving along the road and saw a car coming towards them mm. but as it got closer they realised the car wasn't actually driving on the road it was hovering above the ditch next door. It was see through. It was see through. It was an old style car, and the driver had a the <laughs> the headlights weren't flashing. The driver's head was just glowing, mm. and both my mum and grandma just looked at each other and didn't say anything. And when they got home, they were like, "Did you see?" And they both kind of corroborated. Um, that was scary.
1: I don't think I've had any particularly spooky things happen to. Me. I'm very easy to be jump scared, but it tends to be by um, like very simple things in my house. Uh, I will say I live with a black cat who likes to hide in shadowy spots. Um, so I'm living basically that spooky life. Uh, so if I have to move through my house when it's dark or I just my cat springs out of the darkness, <laughs> it's the best it's the best i've never nearly fallen down my stairs and died because of my cats
0: justin sometimes calls me a red panda because he can't seem to move anywhere in the house without me just like launching back in fright (laughs) Um, there's this like very specific video of of a red panda eating something and then like a boot walks past and it does this amazing like falling on its back scream
1: i think i've seen that one yes um
0: there's another one of a red panda walking into a pen Mm. and a rock which being a rock has probably been there for as long as that red panda has been alive it looks at it and just like launches into the air and front. (laughs) um and i can just be like that justin has a a very light foot and can just walk into my room while i'm working and just go han and I will, like, just, my, my like, tablet stylus will just, like, fly into the wall. Um, so, it's a daily occurrence in my house. Yeah. Um, I think then, this is a different Kansas. At Twitter, yeah. uh, Kansas Douglas, what are your favourite colours? Mine are purple and green. Excellent choice. Uh, P.S. Kids who used to answer by saying rainbow, or all of them are queer now.
1: Yeah, I think that's the law. Um, I always say that my favorite color um, is midnight blue because I genuinely love that color, like the nighttime mm. sky, kind of inky, bluey purple. But I love jewel tones, generally speaking. I love purple. I love sort of emeraldy, foresty green. If you've ever seen my hair in real life, that probably is no surprise to you. But mm. it's, it tends to be sort of that cluster of jewel tones, like crimson red and emerald green and deep royal purple and inky blues have you ever have you ever had inky blue hair i can't remember never found a dye that looks the right color dark blues oh, wow. are really hard to find blue black is out there and then it's lighter blues i am um, my quest is to find proper midnight blue hair dye hmm.
0: um I faced this conundrum recently because a friend of mine was going to get me a Christmas present, a, a birthday present, and they said, what's your favourite colour? And I was like, okay, now, listen. There's, I have different favourites depending on the context. So, something... I think it's something, that's fair. I think that's yeah, very fair. I tend to say my favourite colour is yellow, but I actually don't like wearing yellow that much, so if it's something I'm going to wear, pink.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pink's always good for me.
1: Uh, what shade of pink?
0: not too pastel i want it to be confident like strawberry
1: milkshake pink like that
0: absolutely that's perfect because i don't want it to be neon Mm. neon to me is like team building exercise Mm t-shirt but like yeah pink 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 power ranger pink strawberry milkshake that's good um but i think my favorite color is yellow so (laughs) good luck (laughs)
1: Uh Evan asked us what kind of candy do we think our favorite doctor would give out and our favorite superhero for that matter.
0: I mean the obvious is jelly baby for the doctor but mm. that's fourth doctor.
1: Yeah um I'm still saying uh as it stands uh the 11th doctor is my favorite.
0: Mhm.
1: I feel like I don't know. I feel like he'd be a miniature heroes or a celebrations kind of a person, just like something you could scoop up and drop into a nothing too small and individual. Something that was fun and colourful. I guess it depends on his mood. He could be a bit weird.
0: I think the seventh Doctor, which I think is still among my favourites, would be Sherbet Lemons.
1: Ooh, nice choice. I think
0: he. I think he. He. He's quite a patient Doctor, and he likes. He sort of. Takes Mm -hmm. a step back and plans things. I think he likes something he can suck on. Mm -hmm. But then at a critical moment, all the flavor comes out and he's ready to go.
1: (laughs) That was so much deeper than my answer. Oh, my God. I love
0: it. (laughs) I don't know what Jodie would give out. Maybe she seems like a Skittles. Yes. Yes. Perfect.
1: She
0: likes to taste the rainbow.
1: Ew. Uh, Um, What about superheroes? Oh, man. Who's my favorite superhero? Shit.
0: I mean, I do like Spider-Man a lot. I think... Mm.
1: He's skinned think... though. He c- Peter Parker can't afford candy. <laughs> well, then he'd... Uh, he'd, he'd want um, to. He'd want to.
0: He'd just, like, give out the Werther's originals that Aunt May gives him. Oh, cute. Because <laughs> she is old, so she must like Werther's originals.
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I like a lot of the X-Men. Um... Oh, I kind of feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy would give out like super sour candies,
0: mm. or like um, because of Star Lord's whole like eighties mm. yeah expression. He'd he'd give out those like UFOs.
1: Oh yeah, would be good. Oh okay. Now Luther gives us a very extra <laughs> question: favorite fictional horse. <laughs> this is a fantastic think... question. Thank you, Luther.
0: Okay, so there's two Oh god. I thought I couldn't think of any, but now I can't decide.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh it's it, it's a struggle.
0: Okay, here are some of my favorites. Maximus from Tangled.
1: Excellent choice.
0: is the definition of big dick energy, which coming from a horse is colossal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love <laughs> I think I love Shadowfax, but I think I more just like the line <laughs> come Shadowfax, facts to show us the meaning of haste <laughs> um and also just like i i never read any tolkien but watching a movie in which a horse comes over the hill and it's just a normal horse and gandalf mm-hmm. goes like shadow facts the lord of all horses <laughs> it As really tickled is, me it
1: is good
0: um and then i guess finally this carrot this doesn't have any personality but epona from zelda mm-hmm. i uh in the breath of the wild you get lots of different horses and you kind of name them and whatever but if mm-hmm. you use like an amiibo you can get a Pona. and as soon as i saw her i was very emotional and i went oh no you're the best horse
1: mm-hmm. uh i've got to give a shout out to altivo from road to el dorado because i oh, fucking yes. love that horse uh also <laughs> kind of cheating <laughs> i do love that horse oh <laughs> my just, what has this become i fucking love that horse <laughs> also slight cheating but uh pegasus from hercules oh that's not cheating well technically a winged horse is a, a different species but oh, okay. uh yes disney have an excellent tradition of horse sidekicks because um i've forgotten the name of mulan's horse but her horse mm. is rad and um Prince Philip's horse has got a load of personality and, like, was willing to go up against a dragon, so mad props to that horse. And, um... (laughs) 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 And, uh, in all seriousness, I really loved the book Black Beauty when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. So shout-out to Black Beauty, the OG in awesome fictional horses. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, and we didn't mention Bojack once.
1: We did not mention Bojack once, and we'll continue to not. Um... Anmar asked uh, if our favorite piece of media collaborated with a sweet company or just made their own branded sweets. What would it be? That's such a good question.
0: Favorite piece of media, though. That's um, the
1: hard part. <laughs> um, I feel like a Doctor Who branded like Jelly Babies would be. Yeah,
0: if they if they looked a little bit like the different Doctors, I think Ooh, they would. Yeah, like each set...
1: flavor had a different was a do- different Doctor.
0: Ooh. But, what, now now we we,
1: have no, think what... no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Because we will be here all day and this episode is already so long.
0: Oh, sorry. Okay. Um,
1: that, tell you what, we'll put that one on the Facebook group and okay. on Twitter.
0: Yeah.
1: Start thinking now. For, look for the poll. What um, flavor would each doctor be?
0: I, I want Godzilla candy. My brother always... Uh, he go, he's in Japan right now. he works for a company It means he always goes to Japan in mm-hmm. October, which means for Christmas there's always something in my stocking that's like uh, I think last year he get, he brought some cookies with Godzilla like chibi Godzilla drawings Ooh, on them cute um but obviously I'd like something more like that in where i where I live, yeah. which is England <laughs> um, and finally, from uh harpy Dora. <laughs> Uh, from Twitter, if you could have one superpower for a day, what would it be and why? Now, I think we might have got this last year.
1: No, no, this is, uh, or oh, we might have been asked that question last year, but I, yeah. okay, but regardless, I'm going to answer it. I have two, one kind of boring, but because if I've only got superpowers for a day, I'm going to have future vision so I can win the lottery because in all seriousness, money would make my life so much easier and I could help so many people. Yeah. yeah. So I would definitely like have a peep at some lottery numbers and win some cash. And if I can get some future information about like where certain politicians are gonna be where they might not have as much security <laughs> and pass that information on. You know.
0: Yeah. I, I find the idea of looking into the future terrifying because you know you'd see something that you wish you hadn't seen. Yeah. Or you'd see if you what it would you do it if you got the lottery numbers. Mm-hmm. But you did also accidentally see your death, but you didn't know when it was happening because it was all like all at once.
1: Mm, The risk I pay. (laughs) Fair enough. Hopefully it'll be a good death. But um... it
0: just you just you see yourself winning the lottery, and then you also see yourself at 103 years old drowning in uh, jelly babies flavored like every doctor.
1: Had a good run. Yeah. Um, another one I'd quickly say, and then I want to hear your answers, is if either uh long range teleportation or super speed.
0: Oh yeah. And then
1: I would go visit all my friends in America and around the world, just like get to them super fast and spend like a couple of hours hanging out with them and then run super fast and then do a couple of hours with somebody else.
0: You've said two amazing ones. I can't think of any that would like top that.
1: That's because I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Um
1: I'm the worst.
0: I would have the superpower to um <sighs> I don't know, jump slightly high but not too high. <laughs> I- <laughs> just for a day. Like you're wearing moon shoes nice? but just walking. Um no, I can't think of any. I think I always like the idea of, like, phasing or, like, Mm. invisibility, but um, for a day, I don't know. I wouldn't want to phase somewhere and then accidentally strikes midnight and I'm stuck in a wall somewhere. (laughs)
1: That would be shitty. That would be really shitty.
0: Thank (sighs) you so much for all those questions. We Um, really
1: appreciate it. Thank you, everyone.
0: We do take questions every episode, or if you want to tell us what your favourite horse is. Mm. please send them to box at gmail.com. As I said, we do read it. We just, the type of things we get, we don't read out. Um, we also have social media. We are box included on Twitter, Tumblr, and we also have our Facebook group where most of us questions come from and where we'll be following up with a few of the ones we couldn't really agree on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, You can also contest us directly on Twitter. I am at Hamish Steele.
1: And I'm at Jade Oxford Rose. And finally, as always, we want to thank Graham Waller, audio overlord, master of the sound waves, for our theme music, helping produce the podcast. He's a freelance sound engineer and mix uh, engineer. So if you need anything like that, do check out his website, grahamwaller.com, because he's very good. But until next time, I'm Jade Rose. I'm
0: Hamish Steele.
1: Stay spoofy And... uh, (laughs) Don't let anyone box you in.
0: Bye.